Hey there, it's Timmy Manor, and welcome to the Spirit of Sport right here on 1170 SEN. Joining me tonight, like it does every week, except some, it's Benny Little. <laughs> yes, thought I'd, thought I'd make an appearance today. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, thanks for coming back, mate. You, you've, you've been traveling around the globe, and yeah. it's just good to see you be humble and come back to your... To your roots, yeah, mate. People are saying it's due to popular demand, but you know, whatever. People talk. Oh, there's been there's been big Twitter polls, yeah. like Elon Musk polls. That everyone's doing these. Yeah. Hey, I, yeah. I'm going to tell you about my guest today. I, I I've been trying to get this guy to speak to us for a while. He's he's he he's somebody that I cannot speak more highly about. Um, one, if you if you were to forget asking me, Benny, if you were to ask. Dozens and dozens of Parramatta Eagles players. Yeah, who has left the biggest mark on your career? A lot of them are going to speak about this guy, and we're honoured to have him. He has yeah. played in in the the first grade for Parramatta Eagles before. I don't think it was called the NRL back then. It might have been called the ARL. But he uh, he's a former player. He's played number at the Eagles. He's player number five one six. Uh, he has gone on to have such a big impact on our club. He came back as a wrestling coach originally. And then moved his way into different parts of the the program, but ended up doing a lot of work in player welfare, which is something we'll speak about. But our guest today on the Spirit of Sport is none other than Jason Stewart. Jay, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Tim and Ben. Thank you for having me. Oh, Jace, Jace, it's one. It's just it's just great to hear your voice, mate. Yeah, it is. We 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 talk we talk a lot, but it's it's just always beautiful to hear your voice. How are you going? How's things, mate? Uh, very good, thank you. Uh, busy, but uh, going well, thank you. Yeah, you sound like you're on the tools. Are you, uh, <laughs> are you, are you driving the, the forklift? Yeah, I'm in the car. Okay, yeah, okay. Right. You, yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's too early to get into it, but uh, you wouldn't know what a tool is, would, would you? A uh, what, sorry? A tool, uh, you know, a hammer, a nail, <laughs> a spanner. Well, Tim, I'm not sure if you know, I, <laughs> I, wasn't a, I was a plumber. The, uh, in an earlier life. So I have been a tradesman. I have worked on the tools, yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, well, it's, uh, so you learn something every day. Now, yeah. I do know something about your other careers. I know, obviously, about your rugby league. You're also a uh, a member of the SWATs uh, with the police, which is, uh, you know, not just any Tom, Dick and Harry can do. But tell us a bit about how you started in rugby league. How did you get involved in the sport to start with? Are you talking playing-wise, Tim, or...? As a kid, yeah. What, what, what drew you to the sport? Uh, to be honest, when I um, when I was growing up, I, I grew up in a footy mad family, like probably all you guys did. Yeah. Um, my favourite player was Arthur Beetson. Um, yes, I absolutely great one. adored him. And I remember he used to. This is when he was playing for the Roosters. He used to cut his sleeves off and have his jumper, um, like sleeves off, really high. And I got a Roosters jumper for my birthday. Yeah. That day I cut the sleeves off. And I grew up uh, in a disciplined style family. And I, that didn't go down very well. But <laughs> I, I was trying to emulate the great athletes. It didn't stop you, though, because 30 years later, you were still cutting your sleeves off. That's right, Tim. <laughs> 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 oh, so okay. So Arthur Beaton inspired you. You started playing rugby league. At what stage did you realise? Yep. Actually, you know what? I'm not. I'm not too bad at this. Uh, I actually played soccer till I was twelve or so, um, and then I made Met West in my first year at, at school, 
and I thought, oh, well, it must be okay. But I'm, I'm fairly humble, as you know, Tim. Yep, yep, yep. I just, um, yeah, then I played Howard Matthews and SG Wall and stuff like that. So I went through the normal progression, but, yeah. Did you have any siblings growing up to test your craft out on? Oh, we used to play in the backyards um, and, and neighbours and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, probably, probably very typical. Yeah, you, you talk about your humility, and I love the way you always humbly refer to yourself as the, the King of Kings Langley. Yeah, Tim, um, I don't. <laughs> others, have, others, have, others have alluded to that. Yeah. Others being maybe uh, one of our previous guests on this show, Benny, uh, George Danzy. Yes. Benny, Benny, I was actually in America recently, uh, Jace, with uh, Ben Little and his compadre, uh, George Danzy. Yeah. They were celebrating their 40th birthday over there. Yeah. Um, Doing a lot of work, though. Had a lot of work meetings. A lot of work meetings, but um, George Danzy, he, he's just one of those guys, Ben, that uh, can find himself in situations that are... Incredible. We had some uh, great experiences over there, didn't we? Yeah. Things moved really quickly. You know, I've always found him very good at finding food. That's what I've found. He's very good at finding a situation <laughs> when there's a feed on. Do you, yeah, yeah. I, I did remember that. We went to training at Parramatta, Ben. Look, we'd have, uh, you know, a team lunch or a barbecue and, you know, God rest his soul, but Big D used to be cooking on the barbie for us. And somehow, and George Danzy wasn't full-time staff member back then. But somehow the days he used to come in was always coincidentally the timing of a barbecue that was happened to be on for for the staff and players and uh, you, yeah I, you you know you can call it some divine intervention maybe but uh, he he found his way and and <laughs> and Jace without being narky would you say you probably need to cut back a bit on the on those barbecues? I don't want to I don't want to get too personal, but. It wouldn't wouldn't hurt him to just have one plate instead. Of <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Georgie. Uh, well, now, okay. So let's let's go back to let's go back to you and your story, mate. So you, you Arthur Beeson's inspired you. You've gone out and yep. realised you've got some talent about you. Um, then, were you a Tigers junior? You're a Parramatta junior. How how did your journey towards professionalism start? Like to be well, your journey to first grade. As you know, like I know, it's very different now. It wasn't professional. You used to work, even when you were playing first grade, you were still working yep. um, during the day. But I was a Balmain junior. Yep. Uh, and that's where I started at Balmain uh, in the 21s and then a few years there and then Parramatta. Yeah. And then you, you, you only played a handful of first grade games, but in that handful, you had such a big impact. And, and actually, you got a man and match performance once against, was it Manly Seagulls or the Canberra Raiders? Uh, it was actually Canterbury. Oh, against Canterbury. But you did play against the Canberra Raiders yeah. twice. Um, yeah, is there any names in that team that our listeners might be aware of? Well, uh, I would assume that a lot of your listeners are rugby league fans. So... Maybe, maybe. I, I can rattle some off if you like. Yeah, Meninga, tell, tell us. Yeah. Stewart. Yep. Yeah. Belcher, <laughs> Meninga, Mullins, Noah Nandruku, Brad Clyde, Ricky Stewart, Laurie Daly, um, what a team. Steve Walters, 
Quinn and Ponga, John Lomax, just to name a few. Now, 1993, Parramatta didn't have a great season, but can you refresh my memory? There's no chance that a, a team that went poorly that you'd beat that Canberra Raiders team. Surely not. Well, I was very lucky to play them twice. In yep. the first round, we beat them at Parramatta Stadium. So you, um, so you, you beat the yep. aforementioned names in that team? Yes. Yep. And I remember round two, I was lucky enough to play again. And we were very confident um, <laughs> of, of creating another upset. But as history shows, Canberra didn't forget round one that easily. Yeah, uh, confidence can can make a fool of you sometimes. And... Uh especially misplaced confidence. Matt, you, let's, let's, all the jokes aside, I know we, we laugh about you, some of the things in your career, but it's an incredible effort to be able to, one, make it in the top grade, but two, you know, you, you played against some caliber players and you played with people and you ran over cliff lines. We won't go into detail about that, but you did run over cliff lines. Uh, <laughs> but it, I'm more fascinated with what you've done around that. Um, and, and let's start with when you came back to Parramatta as a staff member. So, um, was it 2012 or 11? You came back yeah, to the... and, uh, Yeah, that's right. Now, yeah, pre-season for 2012, which, as you know, started in November 2011. Yeah, so you came as a uh, as a wrestling coach originally, didn't you? Yes. Um, wh- how? How? How did you? What did you know about wrestling, and and what made you uh, so good at it? Well, I used to be a big fan of Hulk Hogan. Yep. As yep. A kid. Yep. And I just wanted to emulate him. So I've done a lot of WWE practicing in the backyard. And um, a good friend of mine, who I think we're going to talk later, Sean Burns, who was the, uh, he was the head strength and conditioning head of performance at Para, And he just got the job and he said, come along and um, get, get involved. So that's how I got involved. Yeah, and you may yeah you bring you bring Burnsy up, and I was going to ask you about that. But I, my my first interaction with Sean Burns was um, I was in the the, the twenty squad at Parramatta, and um, Burnsy was our our head trainer. And you know, it was it was always a goal of his. You could tell it was a dream of his. I know you and him worked together in the SWATs in the in the coppers, and um, you had a really close relationship with him. But I always you could just tell his dream was to be a, a head trainer of an NRL team. It was. If you could ask him what could you do in life, that's what he wanted to do. And um, he went away to Tigers to get a bit of an opportunity as an assistant for the NRL. So he went from a bit, it was a bit of a promotion. You go from twenties at Parramatta, assistant NRL at Tigers, and then he got the opportunity to come back to the club that he loved as a head trainer in the NRL with Steve Kearney, and that's when you came along as well. Um, but yeah, for those that don't know the story, um, you know, first he, he started in November, like you said, and that's when the preseason starts. And you could just feel in his energy. He was just he was just coming into training every day, Benny, fist pumping, loving life, loving being there, excited. And uh, it wasn't it wasn't long after, a couple of months later after get, getting the job. Uh, Jace, was it January? Or yeah, it was. Yeah, January. Um, uh, January. Yeah, he um, he, Benny, he committed suicide. Uh, and Jace, I believe you were you were part of the the first ones there on on uh, location. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. How was that like for you to go through that? Um, you know, obviously for anybody in that position, it's, it's um, you yeah. know, traumatizing. But to know the person personally and intimately and, and be a close friend, how did you emotionally handle that? And what was it like? Uh, it, it was horrible. Um, so 
so yeah, it was it was a horrible, horrible time. Uh, one of the most difficult times that I've had in my life. Yeah, I, man, I, I, I couldn't believe that I, you showed a lot of strength the way the way you kind of um, handled yourself throughout that that whole couple of weeks. I remember it was such a it was such a yeah it was a horrible time. You're right, and um, but I just couldn't. I was blown away by the way you carried yourself. Um, you know, obviously you knew him better than all of us. I, I'd known him for a couple of years beforehand, but um, you know, for someone that like that had been through so much, and then obviously to be, um, you know. There were there to to discover his body was would have been horrific. But how does that impact you outside of that event? So how does that um, you know moving forward in life? How did that impact you in terms of how you looked at life? Uh, that had a, a extremely significant impact on me, and it, it changed to where I am now. It's changed everything in between. Um, so I I realised that don't put enough focus on uh, well-being, how people are feeling, yeah. and doing something about it. So I've changed my entire thought process. It's actually what I do now, which we can talk later, but it's what I do now. And it's what I've done since that moment. I've changed my whole aspect on yeah. what's important. Well, the reason I ask you that is because, you know, you moved – over the years from a wrestling coach to an actual well-being coach and a, and a welfare officer. And I said at the start of the show, but there is no one in my career, there's not one staff member I've had over my career that I uh, can look back on and have a hand on heart say there's an emotional connection there of somebody I actually genuinely thought cared about me. Um, and it's rare. Like, you know, professional sport isn't like that. You know, I know, I know there's some places that probably are, some clubs that have that, but it's a, you know, professional sport can be pretty ruthless at times and you manage to be in that environment but have a, a care factor for players that they, a lot of them never experienced before. Some, you know, we talk about, if we want to get a bit deeper, some players come from broken homes and, and tough upbringings and they could have gone their whole life without feeling somebody feel like care for them the way you did. How, what, 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 what makes you tick? What makes you feel that, um, you know, you can offer that like where a lot of people kind of skim over that part of their life? I'm able to build relationships. That's probably one of my strengths, um, and, and I and I value those relationships. So after Sean, I realise that there's so much more of what's important. And for a footy player, um, who is, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of um, self doubt coming in. I I feel that better we can treat people, the better that they're going to be able to perform, the better that their life's going to be. So it was just a, it's a conscious decision to say, let's focus on this person, let's support this person. And it's being a good person is more important than being a good performer. Yeah. Yeah, when it comes to your heart for people, um, is this something like that would have been one of your family values growing up or where did where did this all start for you? Ben, I've always done jobs. I was in the police, obviously. Um, I've always done jobs where I, I, do, I do care about other people. Mm. Um, but it, it's growing now more and more that I just see there's so much value in being kind to someone. And as Tim said, a lot of footballers are from broken homes. A 
club is just focused on um you know putting bums in seats or getting wins um do you from your perspective where you're sitting would you say like a healthier club who takes care of the health holistically of their players will actually perform better out in the field oh, that, that, right? there's no doubt about that there's evidence that supports that yes the, the, the more that you have a strong relationship strong connection players in the club, the better the going to be. Yeah, and, and you, know, you look, Benny, at not just in the NRL, but every professional sporting club has had sustained success. They all have that same connection, that same, mm. the common denominator is they look after the well-being of the player. And, and I said it's professional sport, it can be ruthless at times, but it's not hard, it's not hard to be nice. Is, is that right? What's, what's your saying, Jace? It's, uh, it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. But well-being is simple. Well-being is thinking about other people. It's, it's putting other people's, uh, putting them, putting how they, oh, I've got the words wrong, but it's, it's about looking out for someone. It's about being kind, showing empathy. It's not really rocket science. Yeah, and and you managed to do it in a way where you had fun along the way. You, no one ever felt like, you know, you were... Um, you know, there's, there's so many people that come at it with agendas when you're a professional athlete and people always coming from a different angle. But you always came with a point of, uh, you know, genuine care, which, you know, like I said, is rare. Um, how did you manage to make it so fun along the way? Like, you know, we, we had, and not just me and you, but, you know, I'll look back and you and Kieran Fraud and you and Corey Norman and you and, uh, you know, Benny Smith, the amount of laughs we had around you and, and the amount that you can get people to not look at the pressures of their sporting career, but just to, just to let go and laugh. Have you always? Uh, is that something you've always enjoyed? Like that, the fun aspect of it. Yeah, I enjoy fun, and it's probably a big reason why I only played a handful of games because I I enjoy having a laugh. Yeah. I think there's far more important things in life than being a good footy player. To be honest, Timmy, we've spoken about that. No, um, no, there's nothing more important. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I think I think there's more important things, uh, and. A lot of footy players, they only realise that when they're retired. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's life, life is fun. And yeah, I, I enjoy a laugh. I like scallywags too. <laughs> 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 I enjoy, I enjoy that. Well, that, yeah, that, you were able to bring a bit of gold out of those scallywags and see that gold that, where some people couldn't see. You know, people kind of looked at all the the half-empty glass part of, you know, what is wrong with somebody. But you always saw the gold in them and... People appreciate that. Like, you know, everyone appreciated that. Um, yeah. Mate, if, if we talk about Corey, Corey Norman, there's, who is a scallywag, yeah. and people probably have a perception of him, but you and I know, Tim, there is, there is not that many kinder, nicer, genuine people than Corey Norman. Spot on. It's it's incredible the, the public perception of him and what people think he is and what he actually is. Like, he... Yeah. It, the, yeah. There aren't many athletes that have the kind of heart that he has and the, the kind of care that he does for people. But, um, you know, people don't talk about that. Um, it's not something that gets a lot of re- ratings and reviews. People want to know about his, you know, stuffing up on a night out or doing something wrong. But 
Uh, one he's one yeah. one of the best, and I'm I'm so grateful that there were people like you that helped him get through some uh, times that wouldn't have been too pleasant. Um, you know, I, I talk about times that weren't too pleasant. I look at uh, you know, you you were there throughout the journey when I lost my brother, and you know, you were always a you know a solid rock of support. Um, towards the end of my career, I had a bit of a tumultuous time where I didn't you know felt like the the, the walls were caving in, and same thing. You know, you were right there and. Um, when you, when you get older, when you, when you look back on, you know, your life and key moments, there's only a handful of people that you look back on and think, gee, you know, you, they were, they were genuine. They were true. They were real friends throughout the, you know, all the rubbish. And you know, personally, I'm so grateful that you were there for me, but I've seen you do it to everyone else. And it's not something that, um, you end up just do it for the limelight because no one knows about it. No, no one ever recognized what you've done. Um, Sammy would ride, rub, you know, me and you, we have about, a thousand stories we can talk about and laugh about with Semi, but you know, if you ask Semi you know, who had the biggest impact, it'll be it'll be Jay Stewart. Um, mate, like I said, it's a it's a very it's a very interesting interview talking to you because there's so much more to you than just yeah. You played a handful of first round games, yeah, big whoop. You know, you you were a wrestling coach at a club. Who cares? But it's that impact you had on people outside of that, which is so special. Um, what what are you doing with yourself at the moment? Uh, since a couple of years ago, and I now work at a, an amazing school, uh, and the kids at our school are uh, kids with complex trauma. Yeah. Uh, so they've all had a they've all had a difficult time, um, and I look after their well being, um, and it's it's absolutely amazing and it's life changing. Yeah. What are some of the um, approaches you take to to people in that um, you know that have had that journey? I know there's so much to talk about, but what are, what are some of the things you you kind of target early on? Well, it's very yeah, it's very similar to footy guys. You you try and build a relationship that they can trust you, hmm. um, and then it's just about what I'm trying to to I'm trying to be a positive role model to these kids to, to show that there are adults that they can trust. There are adults that aren't going to hurt them, yeah. and yeah. you're going to accept them. So they're not always perfect at our school by any stretch of the imagination, but they're always good kids. Yeah. And so it's we do a lot of strength-based stuff, which Tim and I have, have done at Tara as well. So we're trying to focus on what they're good at, not what they're what they're not good at. Yeah. yeah. Um, building trust is such a um, just a, a foundational part of of building relationships, but in any company, corporation, sporting club. Um, you seem to be someone who can do that quite well and speed up the process. What are some of uh, your your um, your your advice to someone who'd like to uh, grow in the area of building trust with people? Uh, but it's not it's, it's 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 not a like it's it's probably a lot of it's just who I am. But I think a really important thing is you've got to be authentic, and because a lot of people they can. They know whether it's real or not. So I think being authentic is the most important thing and actually backing up what you say. So being trustworthy, doing what doing what you say you're going to do and being authentic. And I think young people, they can sense that. Mm. All right. I've got a question for you, Jace. Um The Kings Langley Lizards just been approved into the NRL, the new sporting team. Uh the owner's gone to Jason and said, these are the keys to the team, mate. Um, I need you to help 
I need your help. Oh, what would be good. the first couple of things you'd do as the owner of a sporting team to get it what, to what you believe it would make it a successful club? Okay. Good question. Uh, I would absolutely start with having good people. Yeah. So I think, I, I think in any organisation, or I think in any successful organisation, they pick people first and then they build job description, etc., around that person. Yeah. So I think the, the most important thing is having good people. Yep. And then you can build everything around that. So that's how I'd start, Timmy. I would employ you. Yep. I'm still here. And you'd be running my yeah, sorry, Betty. Yeah. But Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy, you would be running my uh, yeah. and, and every, everything around everything around it would be a person first. Yeah. Perspective. It, and, and and what I mean by that is um, I don't know. So one footballer doesn't respond the same way. You're not going to get the best out of a footballer by doing exactly the same thing as someone else because they may may need something completely different. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's not really rocket science, is it? The, the whole people first thing. Um, no, it's not. You know, like you no, look, you look really at not. any healthy organisation that's that's thriving, and you just kind of look, open the bonnet and have a look at it. It's just got people that are decent and that want to work with each other for success. And I'm with you, mate. I think that's a really important one. Um, I also think, and this is, I know it's a space that you're very passionate about, but I also think it's the um, the whole mental space, like mental performance is actually a part of the game of, of professional sport around the world that I think we're going to look back on in five or 10 years time and think that's, you know, why have we looked at that earlier? Um, Cause the reality is at the end of the day, physically the best team and the worst team is only a small percentage difference in terms of how good they are physically. You know, all the athletes are, are prime athletes. They're, they're trained well, they're, they're ready to go physically, but it's the mental performance, the ability to perform under pressure, the ability to, uh, to lead, the ability to to work with each other, teamwork, all that stuff, all that mental side of things is uh, is definitely part of the game that's going to grow um, and I think it's going to grow in leaps and bounds. But you've always been big on that space. What made you look at that before it started to become a popular thing? Well, I've always thought that no matter who you are, whether, whether what, what profession you're in, if you don't feel well, if you're not happy, you're not going to perform at your best. So if I've had a fight with my wife at home, I'm still thinking about that the next day. I'm not going to be at my best. And I think, so that's the first thing. So making sure that you're doing everything you can, and the club, for example, is doing everything it can to make that person happy yeah. is important. And then the mental health space, look, it's been going forever. And it just... There's, there's all these performance going back to the Chicago Bulls. They were meditating. To military have been doing meditation for a long time for their snipers and stuff like that. So it's 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 been something that's been happening, and a lot of successful people have been doing it. But rugby league, I think, has been a little bit slow. Um, and probably other sports as well. They've been a little bit slow, um, where the focus has been on. Uh, let's train, we'll just train harder than everyone else. Where, as you said, Timmy, the difference between the teams is not that much anymore. Yeah, yeah. And why do you think they've been slow to the uh, to the mark? Probably ignorance, I would say, would be one of the reasons. Um, and 
And the um, and the fear of change, you know, I think a lot of people don't like doing yeah. things differently. Like people, you know, this is how we've always done it, so we're going to stick to it. Mm. Um, so there's definitely a, yeah. an aspect of that when it comes to professional sport. And um, but yeah, but Jace, I, I I keep I've you're one of the guys I love talking about. I've told I've told a million people about you, maybe not a million, but I've told a lot of people about you and and the impact you've had on players. Mate, we're, we're, we're towards the end of the show now, so we're out of time. But I just, one, I just wanted to say thank you for making the time. I know you're, uh, yeah. you, you don't like coming out of your, your, your cave very often. You, you like uh, staying at home and enjoying yourself, and I respect that. But I appreciate you coming on our show. But also, I want to say thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for what, the impact you've had on me personally. Um, thank you for, for being such a good friend to so many people you know, that have played at the, the club and and not just being a friend to them, but also helping them get through some really challenging times. And um, I think, you know, Jace, uh, Benny, we talk about on this show, you know, the spirit of sport and we mm. talk about, you know, the, the spiritual journey people have to, to succeed in their sport. And, but when you're to the end of your life, mate, you're not going to look back and think, you know, gee, I'm glad I, I you know, I achieved that or I did that. It's going to be, yeah. I'm glad I connected with that person, helped that person. The, the, all those things that you, you've done with yourself, Jace, is something that really matters in life, and I'm really grateful that you've done it with me and so many other people, mate. So thank you for your time and thank you for your impact. Thank you, Jimmy. I will finish. I used to always say as a joke, the day I get a late night phone call at Parasite, Jimmy Manor's got himself in trouble with, I'll say, we're in rugby league. You're, <laughs> you're an absolute pleasure, mate. You're an absolute pleasure. <laughs> Thanks, you're a wonderful person, mate. Thank you. Thanks, Jase. Love you, mate. All right. Well, uh, I'll definitely be seeing you soon. Probably not out and about, but I'll definitely be seeing you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. See Thank you, mate. You, See you, mate. Thank you. Catch you, Jase. See ya. Bye. See you, mate.